The 2021 49ers season is officially a wrap after the Niners fell to the LA Rams in the NFC title game 20-17, just short of Super Bowl 56. But overall, it was a hell of a ride and a great season overall. On this episode, we will recap the Niners-Rams game. We will also recap the Niners 2021 season as a whole. Look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was the 2021 season. But overall, making the NFC title game was quite the accomplishment. We will also crown our season award winners as there were plenty of phenomenal individual performances throughout the season. We will get to those as well. And of course, at the back end of the episode, we will talk Jimmy Garoppolo as it appears. The Jimmy G era in San Francisco is coming to an end. We'll talk a bit about that as well. So keep a lot. Stay tuned. We got a lot more Niners content coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. And just like that, the 2021 NFL season for the 49ers is a wrap after the Niners took a heartbreaking loss to the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday in the NFC Championship game 20 to 17. It was a tough one. We're going to recap that and then of course recap the entire season for the Niners in what was overall a very very entertaining season. We'll talk about that as well and then Chevy and I will also crown our season award winners for the Niners and look it's because there were just plenty of individual standout performances throughout the season so we will go through that as well and of course we all know the big news now Jimmy Garoppolo era in San Francisco is apparently going to be over we will talk a bit about that as well Jay Sahota, Zach Chevy Chevy how you doing it is now Wednesday it's a few days since the loss you're feeling a little bit better now yeah, you know, I'm feeling a bit better. I'm not going to lie. I was a bit, you know, shaken after the loss. It does suck. We were making this amazing run with this amazing team and Jimmy leading the way. But it did end this way against the divisional rival, a team that we beat six of the last six times. And you know what? Uh, congratulations to Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay for uh, finally beating us. And you know what? I uh, hope they have success in the Super Bowl, although I am cheering for Joe Burrow. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure I'm sure we're all going to be rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals in this Super Bowl matchup. Um, but yeah, definitely congratulations to the Rams. I mean, we'll talk a bit about the game in a minute, but I mean, they came out, they played a great game when it mattered. The Niners, once again, was looking like they were well on their way to a seventh straight win, but the Rams were clutched down the stretch. I thought Matthew Stafford was fantastic, especially on third downs and Cooper Cup, of course, I mean, I knew it was going to be a pain in the ass trying to defend this guy, but and, and, it, and it was again, but there was a reason why Cooper Cup got open a little more than usual, and I'll talk about that in a second, but congratulations to the Rams going to the Super Bowl. They will get a home Super Bowl for the second. I mean, I, I can't wrap my head around that. How, yeah, two straight in, years, man. Uh, unbelievable. In NFL history, there has never been a home team playing a Super Bowl in their home stadium. And now we've had it in back-to-back years. Kind of just adds to the craziness of what the past two years have been like in general. And that just kind of adds the twist to it. But the Niners, they had an opportunity in this game. They were up 17-7 despite the Rams killing us in time possession. They were getting drives. It once again was kind of the similar, a similar, you know, what, what do you call it here? A similar trend that the Niners have been in for the last few games of staying in it. The defense kept making stops. They kept the Niners in the game, and then finally the offense got going. But the Rams, honestly, especially in the first half, they controlled a lot of a lot of the time possession. They controlled the game. The Niners managed to stick around, but just in the end, it was too much. What are your kind of initial thoughts and takeaways from this matchup? Yeah, you know, I've been saying almost every week the Niners offense starts with their run game. And if you look at the rushing results, we didn't get there. You know, Elijah Mitchell only had 20 yards on 11 carries. Debo had 26 yards on seven carries. It's just, it's not enough to get the job done. And if your run game is failing, they know you're going to have to throw it. And passing with Jimmy with all of these injuries has not been as successful. And because of that, you know, it, it just, it wasn't there. We weren't able to get a rhythm going. And, you know, I got to give a big credit to Jimmy because, to do what he did, 232, two touchdowns, and, you know, your one Jimmy pick, you know, that's all you can ask for, Jimmy. 
Uh, everyone knows the big play that should have happened, the interception that was in Jaquaski Tart's hands. And, you know, that if, if that play is made, are, are we still here talking about the Rams going to the Super Bowl over the Niners? I don't know. So, you know, there's a lot of different variables in this game. I, I think the defense continued to play well consistently. The secondary, though, they got ate up alive. You know, you can't give up. 100-yard-plus uh, games to both OBJ and Cooper Cup. Like, what do you expect? You're going to lose. So, you know, the secondary has been a problem all season long, and yet again, it's been a problem in the playoffs, and, and it's the reason we lost, probably, and it's the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, era is ending in San Fran here. So, you know, I, I really am looking forward to the offseason, seeing what we can do to retool the secondary especially. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm excited and I'm happy for the Niners, even though they are not moving on to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no doubt. I, I got a lot of takeaways from this game I, in both ways, for the Rams and the Niners. But, I mean, yeah, now let's be real. Like, we all knew last week when we, we knew we were playing the Rams, the MC Talk, we knew if the Niners fell short, it would hurt a little bit more knowing it's a divisional rival and we've beaten them six straight times. Having said that, that's also the reason why we were genuinely worried. Like, I know everyone was confident and be like, oh, we own the Rams, but no, there's a reason why I wanted Tampa over the Rams, and that's because it is ridiculously hard to beat a team three times in a season, let alone seven times in a row. And the Los Angeles Rams are not in eat. Like, we're not talking about the, the Seahawks or the Cardinals, even though the Seahawks have our number, but like, Different teams, right? The Rams have Stafford, Akers, Cup, OBJ, Donald, Von Miller, Ramsey. They got all these stars, and yet the Niners continuously gave the LA Rams fits. And I know Shanahan knows McVay very well and vice versa, but the Niners continue to give this team fits. And even in this game, even down the stretch in this game, the Niners continue to really, like, it took the LA Rams everything to get into this game. And I give the Niners a lot of props because things weren't going well. You you hit it right on the money with the running game. I didn't even realize our running game was as bad as it was down the stretch because I was like, holy smokes, like only 26 yards rushing for Debo Sam, only 20 for Elijah Mitchell. They held us to 50 yards rushing on the day. That's really good on the Rams. That's a great adjustment that they decided to make um, on their part. So... That's where I was kind of like, okay, the Rams made that, right? They made that adjustment. They stopped our run because if you take the run away, you have a pretty good chance at beating the 49ers. And then the other one, the Rams were money on third downs. They were 11 for 18. Stafford killed us on third down, especially in the first half and then down the stretch. And then most importantly, one of the biggest stats that we, we, we've been talking about all year long, especially in big games that the Niners have played in, time of possession. And the Niners destroyed time of possession in a lot of the games that they've won this year. The Rams dominated time of possessions, 35-34 minutes. The Rams did all the right things to win this game. but the th And that's where I give a lot of credit to the Rams and their coaching staff and their execution for managing to do those things that the Niners dominate in. The Rams were like, no, we're going to do that to you this day. I give credit to them. But now I go to my, you know, the credit to the Niners where I'm really proud of this team because, and I talked about this in the Tennessee game as well, because everyone, the sky was falling after we lost to the Titans. Everybody was losing their minds when we lost to Tennessee. But I was like, yeah, Jimmy didn't play great. Obviously, we found out, you know, he had a thumb injury in that game. That's why he threw two picks. But we barely lost that game. Like, it came down to Ryan Tannehill just scrambling out of the pocket for 20 yards and they kicked game-winning field goal. The Niners only lost by three points. In this game, not a lot was going right for the Niners. We only lost by three points. This Niners team is, they're so close. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's yep. what kind of hurt a little bit more knowing it's like, God damn it. Like, yeah, all it took was if Jaguarski Tart just freaking got that pick. And I'm not holding anything against him, man. I love Jaguarski Tart. I know I roast him sometimes for staying healthy and everything. He, he's had a magnificent last last two, three years. He really has. Um, him and Jimmy Ward, I think, have been playing the best ball of their entire careers over these last three years. Um, but that's just, it's really tough. And I'm and I'm happy and I'm proud of the fact that Kwaski held his head high after that game came out. He's like, I know what I did wrong. I feel horrible about it. L look, Kwaski, man, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to hold anything against you. Just 
shit, shit happens at the end of the day. But that's also football, right? Which we've been talking about all year. If you make that pick, like you mentioned, we might be talking about a Super Bowl matchup against the Bengals right now. But because you dropped it, then on the very next play, Stafford, it's OBJ, and then Jimmy Ward with the late hit. Boom, that's a 20-yard penalty. And all of a sudden, the Rams are in field goal range. That's football, man. If one play can make such a drastic move, and unfortunately, in this case, that's what it was. But again, this Niners team is so, so good. And we're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. I got a lot to get off my chest when it comes to number 10. Um, we'll talk about him in a bit. But just to kind of wrap up this ball game, it's a game of inches, man. That's why, that's why we love it. It's why we talk about it. It's unfortunate. But overall, this was a hell of a run. Really tough way to end it. And again, the Niners were close, man. And, and also, I want to bring up one more thing. Our offensive line was... Chevy, I talked about this yesterday, too. They oh, were yeah. this. They were so close. Jimmy Garoppolo did not get sacked up until those final two possessions in that game. I heard Buck and Aikman say it like 10 times. Jimmy Garoppolo's yet to get sacked. The Niners have yet to give up a sack. I'm like, stop. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, you're going to jinx it, man. I'm like, it's coming. We're playing Aaron Donald, Devon Miller, and Leonard Floor. Like, it's going to come at some point. And then next thing you know, you see Aaron Donald hyping up the deal on his side. I'm like, oh, shit. Man. I know something's coming. And then, you know, honestly, that, that one interception in the box score, you know, like, come on. Like, it's kind of a stupid number to put in there. It was a desperation throw with a minute left in the game. Um, but Jimmy did yeah. everything he needed to to put us in a position. And like I said, we lost by only a field goal in this game. It's a game of inches. Yeah, you're 100% correct. You know, Jimmy did all he could do. The defense did all they could do, except for uh, maybe the secondary. Maybe they could have done a bit more. Uh, someone that I'm really looking at uh, on the team that hasn't really stepped up here and there, especially in the big moments in the playoffs, is George Kittle. And, you know, it, it, it's really surprised me because Kittle used to be Jimmy G's number one guy, his main guy, his go-to. You know, everyone remembers that Saints game in 2019 where George Kittle just dominated everyone in that yards after catch, uh, catch that he made for the touchdown to end the game. It was just, you know, this dominant George Kittle, and we really haven't been seeing the same amount of George Kittle throughout the season. Sure, he's had games where he's popped off and had over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns, but he's also had games like this where he only gets two receptions. Sure, he's getting the targets, but he's not really in the right place to get it. So, you know, it, it really does confuse me. But then you also hear that the Niners today, they're, they've let go of assistant head coach and tight ends coach John Embry. And, you know, it, it does make me think maybe that was the problem. Maybe they are recognizing that the tight ends, especially Kittle, weren't getting the right looks and they need to go somewhere else. So, you know, that could be the answer to our questions, but that is something I do question is why is George Kittle not getting the same attention uh, from Jimmy G and the Niners offense? No, that's, that's an incredible point. And, and we will get to that when we start talking about the, the, you know, the future of this team. And I guess we can already kind of transition into that right now. Um, when you look at the Niners season as a whole, um, I completely agree with George Kittle. When I saw that news about Embry, I was a little shocked because I know George Kittle talks very highly of him. So maybe that was because of what you just mentioned. Who knows? We know where I don't think we'll ever really find out or know that, but not getting Kittle the ball enough. Yeah, that is definitely something that needed to happen. It's kind of weird. Sometimes we'll have these games where we'll try to force feed Kittle and he'll have like 16, you know, attempts to him. And he has like 12 catches. And though I think it was a game against Atlanta in 2019. You look at the stat sheet, Kittle just for 150 yards, everyone else, one catch for 13 yards, one catch for 10 yards. But then you'll have the games where like this one, where Kittle only has like two catches for 23 yards and a touchdown. It's, it is kind of strange. It adds another dimension. And the other element that I'm going to add into this is it's not going to get any easier because Jimmy and Kittle had a ton of chemistry together. Trey and Kittle, you kind of saw it in that Texans game, not as much, right? Which is obviously that's that that was going to happen, right? George has been here for a while. Um, Trey just coming in as a rookie, and Trey will eventually, you know, get get used to that, and the chemistry will get there. But Jimmy and Kittle had very very good chemistry. That's the only thing that I'd say is a little bit wary, knowing that well, Jimmy's not going to be here anymore, and we want to get George Kittle the ball more. That's going to be up to honestly, it's going to be up to Kyle Shanahan. Right? He's he's got to be the one. He's because look, we all know the situation this year. He did everything possible to get the ball in the hands of Debo Samuel. Right, Debo Samuel was our playmaker. But like you just said, two three years ago in 2018, George Kittle had a similar year that Debo Samuel had this year. 
and we haven't really seen that. But you know that Debo Samuel next year, we're going to probably do a lot of the same stuff that he did, you know, that we did this year. Probably not as much because now it's on tape. People are going to know how to how to defend us, but they got to get George Kittle involved more. And I put a lot of the a lot of the pressure on Shanahan to do that. And Trey, I think, will eventually get the chemistry work. I know he's got chemistry with Ayuk. He's definitely got there with Debo. He's got to get there with George Kittle because, man, if Trey can get chemistry with all those guys, dangerous as hell. And then Trey as well. If he can get another offseason learning the system, this offense can be really scary next season. But when you look at this season, um, I want to get your thoughts on, on what kind of your takeaways are from this season overall. And it was a hell of a roller coaster, really, from the start to finish. Um, but what are your kind of thoughts and takeaways from the season as a whole? And how do, how do you look at the season? Do you look at more of a success, failure, or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. you know, I look at the season as an overall as a success. You know, at the start of the season, I, like almost every other Niners fans, was trying to jump, sit, uh, jump ship when we were down to three and five. You know, I thought there was no chance we were making the playoffs. I thought, you know, you got the Rams coming up, and then you got the Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals, all teams were doing well. The Seahawks were going to have Russell Wilson back then, and I just didn't think the Niners had it in them. You know, I started questioning the trade for Trey. I started questioning keeping Jimmy G. I just didn't know what the Niners would do. And you know what? It was on the team. The team got together. They banded together. They still stayed together. They had that positive energy, and, and they came back. They started winning. And going into the late into the season, all I wanted was a playoff, a playoff berth. If you can make the playoffs, that's fine. That that is all you need in this season. And what do we do? We take it down to the wire to week eighteen, and we single handedly take out the New Orleans Saints and make the playoffs for ourselves. And then not only do we make the playoffs, we actually succeed in the playoffs. We beat the Dallas Cowboys, who is the number one team in the NFC. Uh, East and people were saying the Cowboys could win the Super Bowl and then we go to Green Bay and we go to the number one seed the likely MVP Aaron Rodgers and what do we do we beat Green Bay and you know what it just shows you how great this team is how it's not necessarily just one player in football it's an entire team sport and the defense came together the offense came together and whenever they needed to win they got a win and that that's something that's the thing about Jimmy Jimmy G isn't necessarily the best quarterback, but he's a winner and he will get you the W whenever he can. And so, you know what? I, I'm very thankful for this 49ers season, especially considering I, I thought we were going to give uh, Miami our uh, first round pick that was going to be in the top 10. And I was I was freaking out. But you know what? We stayed in there. We got the victories. And now uh, our draft pick means squat. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. Miami can can go and enjoy that 29th overall pick. Um but and and I think a lot of us are quite happy that you know we have Trey Lance who looks like an incredible weapon um, for the future. So I think we're kind of happy with the way that that um, ended up, you know, resulting in. And then we'll, we'll talk about Garoppolo in a bit because he had a huge part to play um, in why the season went the way that it did. I'm totally with you. This was absolutely a success. Getting the playoffs is what it's all about, right? And then once you're in the playoffs, then it's anything can happen right from there. I know for a lot of people think for me, I probably had a higher expectation than a lot of any, everyone else did at three and five. No question. I think we're all in the same boat. We're all like, what the bleep is going on right now with this team? Like they're not supposed to be three and five. We have all the pieces. I don't understand why we're three and five right now. Once they turned it around, it got to about, I'd say for me, it was the Vikings game where I was like this team, if they get in the playoffs, Nobody wants to see us. And everyone kind of caught on to that, that the Niners are going to be that scary wildcard team that no one wants to face. And that's exactly what it was. Nobody wanted to face the Niners going into the playoffs. And like you mentioned, I hate the fact that we lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game because now people are going to forget about that Week 18 game. That Week 18 game was one of the best 49er performances I've ever seen in my life. That was incredible to come back from 17 down. I really, truly a pathetic first half. Come back in the second half and play the ball of their lives. Jimmy Garoppolo was absolutely sensational. And I'm going to get to Jimmy in a minute because especially on this game, Jimmy was unbelievable. D unbelievable. JJ unbelievable. The defense came up with stop after stop after stop to get us into the postseason and then to knock off the Cowboys late in an entertaining game. Knock off the Packers in an entertaining game. 
and then lose just barely to the Rams in the NFC title game. All around, it's an incredible run. Anytime you get into the playoffs and then get to it, let alone a championship game, is an absolute success, especially after starting 3-5. and five. I knew this team had it in them. We have such a great football team. You said it perfectly, this team. It's not about individual players. It's about the team. It's about having a, like, we're going to give our season awards out in a minute. It's about guys like Aziz Alshire having the, having a career season, having guys like Joukowsky Tart play the ball of his life, play, having guys like Talanoa Hofunga and Jordan Willis making a special teams play to get us into the championship game. It takes guys like that, not just the Fred Warners, the Nick Boses, the Debo Samuels, the George Kittles, but everybody in the entire team played a factor into this. And I know that for the next few years going forward, the Niners are going are, are gonna to be trouble because, hey, I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I heard the news about Brady, and of course, we already know the news about Rodgers, that he might stay or might go, more than likely might go. We don't know. Brady is gone. I look at the NFC and I'm like, I don't I don't really see anybody. I'm like, I, I could see Niners Rams again next year. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I look across yeah. the NFC and I'm like, if we keep majority of this team together, I, I, obviously a lot hinges on Trey Lance, no question. But with this team around Trey, if Trey will learn not to do too much, I really get like, I feel like the Niners and Rams are the best two teams in the NFC. Obviously, it's early. We don't know this offseason. Who knows what could happen, right? Russell Wilson could change team. Like, who the hell knows, right? But Well, well I think it's it also has to do with uh, the NFC West division. It's just such a dominant division. And now that you have potentially Rodgers gone from the NFC and Tom Brady out of football, it, it's like you look at the rest of the NFC and – Dallas is a contender, maybe, but who else is really a contender? Is Minnesota a contender? Like, we know everyone in the NFC West is a contender, but I don't think they can all make the postseason. There's a chance, but it, it would be very unlikely. And, you know, the NFC West, that is to say. But uh, I don't know. It's just looking at the NFC. I think the Niners do have a good chance as long as Trey can come out and prove the reason why we spent the draft capital and chose him third overall in the draft. Absolutely. Allah hinges on Trey. And, you know, we'll, we got all off season to talk about number five. For sure. And so, you know, we're going to do that. But honestly, for this season as a whole, you know, I, I'm just incredibly proud of this team um, for, for what they did. Like it was, you know, these last two years, I think we can all say for all of us, have been just a absolute gong show for everybody, not football wise, like in general, have just been a straight up gong show. And last season, the Niners season was tough. Like, it's just to deal mm-hmm. with all those injuries. We needed a distraction. Wasn't a very good distraction seeing Nick Mullins throw four interceptions every Sunday. And this season, to have them start off three and five and then go on this incredible run to the NFC title game, it, honestly, it gave all of us something to look forward to. So I thank these boys for giving us something to look forward to and get excited about because anytime you make a playoff run, it's fun as hell. And it sucks. It really stings that we were that close, especially after losing the Super Bowl two years ago. We were this close to getting back there. That's also another part that just that just makes it hurt a little bit more. Yep. But either way, you know, you can't be more proud of the fact that this team went into frigid Lambeau Field and won a playoff game, went into Jerry World with one of the best Cowboys teams they've had in years and knocked them off in the first round and beat these same Rams. You know, that's the other thing, too, I, I will say about the, this Niners team is, the Rams are one win away from becoming Super Bowl champions, but to know that if the Niners had knocked off the Rams, you know what I'm saying? That could have been them. Like, we're that For close. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like we are just finishing off the LA Rams one more time from becoming Super Bowl champions. And we, and I, I said this the other day too, that you look at the Rams this entire year, obviously first year under with Matthew Stafford, the Niners were the only team that truly gave this team fits from beginning to end. Like, the Rams had a hard freaking time. Like, McVay was probably up at night every single day this week. Really, after every single time. Week 10, McVay probably didn't sleep. After week 18, McVay probably didn't sleep. This week, same thing. McVay was probably like, how the hell do I beat freaking Kyle Shanahan? The Rams finally went out and did it. So I give him credit for that. But the Niners have given this team fit. So we were, we were that close. And we beat this team six times in a row. And it's freaking hard to beat a team with that many great players the seven time. So all in all, hell of a season, hell of a run. And um, speaking of which, let's get to our season awards. And then we'll finish out with um, Jimmy Garoppolo 
But let's go ahead. Chevy, let's start with MVP of this season. And who is your MVP of the 49ers for 2021? Yeah, you know, when I think of MVP, you know, I think it's a quarterback award. So I have to give it to Jimmy G. Not only is it a quarterback award, but he deserves to be the MVP of this team. He came into the season knowing damn well that his job was on the line with Trey Lance there. And not only did he take Trey on as like a younger brother, he he dominated this season and was the reason why the Niners ended up making the playoffs and making it far into the playoffs. Not only did he have uh, close to 4,000 passing yards, he had 20 touchdowns, only had 12 ints this year, which, you know, some of them were bad, but that's Jimmy. You expect absolutely. But the biggest stat for Jimmy is the 10 wins. He's a winner, man. And that's what he does. That's the reason why we made the playoffs. That's the reason why we made a deep run in the playoffs. It was Jimmy. And you know what? Especially at the end of the season, Jimmy gets banged up. He gets the same thumb injury that Russell Wilson had that sidelined Wilson for four to six weeks. And, you know, everyone was saying, oh, this is an injury that's going to sideline Jimmy G. What does he do? He plays right through it, plays us to the playoffs and through the playoffs to the NFC championship. And he and in the playoffs, he picked up that shoulder injury as well. So there's not much more I have to make for the case for Jimmy G being the MVP of this team. But Jimmy G, in my eyes, is the MVP of this team. Couldn't have said it better myself. And in that Rams game, it's funny, I said in my post game um, post on Instagram after that week 18 game, I called that game the thumb game for Jimmy G. And I think I'm going to look at that for the rest of my life like that, because I alluded to how Jimmy is from Chicago, right? Born in Chicago. That's his hometown. And he's a big, he was a big, a big bulls fan um, growing up with Jordan. I was saying, well, Jordan had the famous flu game. I'm going to give Jimmy G this, the thumb game. And out of all the plays that Jimmy G made, I think his throw that will define his 49ers tenure was that one to Debo Samuel with 39 seconds left in that Rams game. To me, that's the one that will stick with me for a very long time. Like you said, with a thumb, with a shoulder injury, just incredible, incredible. And I'm forever thankful for Jimmy, and we'll we'll talk about him in a second. My MVP, I'm not going to lie, I was close to going the same route you were with Jimmy G, but I was like, there's no way I can go against Mr. Debo Samuel Debo was out of this world good this season. It's an understatement to even say he was pretty good, great. No, he was excellent. He was superb. He was a freaking bully. Every time he had one of the best plays of this season was probably that hit. I forgot. I don't know who it was against Atlanta. That one hit where he knocked the mouth guard out of one of the Falcon safeties. I was like, holy shit. Like that, like. (laughs) <laughs> Debo just hit, hit him that hard. Debo does hit people that hard. Debo Samuel was incredible this year. He really, really did carry. He was he carry our offense. He was the focal point of this offense. And it was, it was how do you stop Debo Samuel? How do you stop him? And like you mentioned at the top, that if we can get George Kittle going a little more, to have to deal with both of them, and then BA, and you know, you know the rest. This offense is going to be unstoppable. At least that I think is the ceiling. That's the potential is to be unstoppable, similar to like what Kansas City has done over the past few years. But Debo, unbelievable, 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns combined, rushing and receiving, 365 yards on the ground. He took on a role that he wasn't even supposed to be, right? He's a wide receiver, supposed to be, you know, doing wide receiver things. We know we'll do the occasional screen passes and jet sweeps to get him out in space. And Kyle Shanahan was like, no, we're just going to make you a full-on running back. You're just a running back one now, not even a wide receiver one. We're just going to make you a running back one, and you're going to play running back now. And next thing you know, Debo's sitting in meetings with Bobby Turner instead of Wes Welker and the receivers. Debo... I commend you, man. This was an unbelievable job this season. He battled through ankle injuries, knee injuries, head injury, like you name it. He dealt with everything and yet still showed up on Sundays and battled through everything. Debo Samuel, my guy, I can't wait, man. He's going to get extended. Debo, Debo's going to be doing this. That's the thing that gets me most excited is that Debo, this is really, last year I wouldn't even count because he was hurt majority of it. This is only a second season of being healthy, man. Debo's just getting started. And he went from being a, a really good role player for this offense 
to becoming one of the best players in all of the National Football League. That's how incredible he was this year. Um, let's move on to Offensive Player of the Year. I know, I, I'm assuming you got who I just said. Yes, sir. You know, I got Debo Samuel as my Offensive Player of the Year. And, you know, I couldn't have said it more beautifully than you have. Debo Samuel was this 49ers uh, team, especially on offense. You know, he was out at wide receiver. He was out at running back. Hell, he even made plays at quarterback, throwing a touchdown to Jawan Jennings in the most important game of the season, Week 18 against the Rams to get us in the playoffs. Debo Samuel does everything on offense for this team. He had over 1,700 all-purpose yards and over 14, and 14 all-purpose touchdowns. This man can get it in the backfield. He can get it down deep. No matter where Debo has the ball, a play will be made because he's the king of yak, man. And you know what? There's, not, there's no one else who really deserves this award because he was our offense. No doubt. No doubt. Debo, yeah, he's guy was just absolutely outstanding. For me, my offensive player of the year, I'm, I'm going to go O-line on this one. I'm going to give it to Big Trent Williams. This guy had an unbelievable year for keeping Jimmy and Trey upright when they were out there. This run game was at its best when he was in there. And I know he battled through everything. And I, I'm not going to lie, when Shanahan dialed up Trent Williams in motion, it was late in the third quarter, I was like, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> He is playing on a grade two high ankle. Like, why in the hell would you do that? But yet Trent Williams found a way to find a way to battle through that game. I don't know how he held up, but he did. But I knew, I've said this over the past few weeks too, if there's anybody who's going to battle through an injury in a big game, it's Trent Williams. The guy's just a warrior. He's been through so, so much throughout his entire life. I'm so happy that we were able to get him his first playoff win, let alone two. And to a conference championship, I really like Trent Williams, one of those guys. I know Aaron Donald finally gets another opportunity to get in the ring. But Trent Williams is one of those guys to me that it's like, we need to get him a ring. And we signed him to, what was it, like a five or six year deal at the beginning of the year. So we got time. We got time. But we got to we gotta get him a ring. Trent was awesome. Had Trent, well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I love Joe Staley. Joe, I was sad when Joe Staley retired. Sure. When we went out and got Trent Williams, I was like, I think we're going to be all right. And seeing and watching Trent Williams play, especially this season, this guy is just a monster. Like, he just goes and plasters the hell out of defensive linemen, linebackers, anybody. And then when Shanahan finally put him at fullback near the end of the like, think about all the creativity that Kyle Shanahan did with Trent Williams this year. Not only was he at left tackle when you see him, when Debo's running down the field, you see big Trent Williams running down there, plowing through defensive linemen 50 yards down the field. You saw Trent Williams in motion, destroying. Rashawn Gary, face planning Rashawn Gary in motion at fullback. We saw Trent Williams at wide receiver in Jacksonville, almost caught a touchdown pass. Look at the creativity that Kyle Shannon and Mike McDaniel used with Big Trent Williams. I love it. It made things so much more entertaining. And that is why Kyle Shanahan is one of the more was one of the most, if not the most innovative play caller in all of football. And Mike McDaniel, who might just be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, that guy yep. is behind everything, man. And those two. Are the, are the guys behind the scenes that put Trent Williams in all these different creative plays. And I love that you're not just using your guys like Kittle and Debo and Ike, but you're using your offensive line that can be so versatile in ways like that. Trent Williams is my offensive player of the year. Couldn't be more happier that we were able to get him on a deep run. Um, he, was, he, was, um, he was unbelievable. I hope he takes care of himself this offseason, get healthy, rest up the ankle, rest up the elbow, and he'll be ready to go for next season. Defensive player of the year, I think we're both kind of on a similar trajectory with who we want to give this award to. Yes, sir. First of all, I want to say that Trent Williams is definitely an important piece of the team. And you're right, man. Like he didn't let up. He basically played almost nearly perfect at a position where it's almost impossible to play perfect. So big shout out to really Trent impressive. Williams. Yeah, it was now the defensive player of the year. There's really no one else on our team that did that could beat this guy. It's Nick Bosa, man. You know, coming off of an ACL injury where he was out all of last year, coming back this year, we didn't know how Bosa would be. We assumed he would be good. We didn't know if we were going to get the same caliber player that he was in the rookie year. And we were wrong. We were right. We didn't get that player. We got a much, much better player. 15 and a half sacks for Nick Bosa this season at the Niners. And you know what? He was the most double-teamed defensive end in all of football. 
everyone double teamed him because they're like, we got to stop Nick Bosa. That's all we have to do. And it really opened up the other side and all the other holes on our defensive line. So when you think of our defense, who dictates that? It's the defensive line and especially the captain, Nick Bosa. 52 total tackles, 21 for loss, you know, there he's really doing everything for this team. And as much as, you know, Fred Warner's helped out, Aziz Alshire's looked great this season, it's really been Bosa who's took this defense on the back and carried us to the playoffs. I, I, I can't even express, like, yeah, I, I got Nick Bosa for, for Defensive Player of the Year as well. And Bosa, having him back this year, was you just saw such a difference. And we knew that difference was going to be made. And how last year, I mean, it's a shock that Robert Sala even kept that defense last year in the top 10. It was pretty freaking impressive because Nick Bosa is a game changer. He's a game wrecker for a reason. And you saw the impact that it had on Eric Armstead in 2019 that landed him that massive contract. And you saw it again this year when they moved Eric Armstead inside because Javon Kinlaw, I'm not even going to lie, I forgot Javon Kinlaw was even on our team. And they moved <laughs> Eric They moved Eric Armstead inside and the guy just balled out. Partially also because you had Nick Bosa to worry about on the outside. And you had big DJ Jones balling out inside as well. But it all starts with 97. And Nick Bosa was incredible this year. I'm glad he stayed healthy this season. Nicky was unbelievable, man. It was just so great to have him back. Same thing goes for him. I hope he takes the time this offseason, rest up, get healthy, work on his craft because sky's the limit for this guy. Similar to Debo, right? This is only Bosa's second year healthy. Like, this team is young. Young, young talent on this team, which which makes me really excited about the future. Um, but, man, I, I know J- John Lynch has already said, which makes me happy. John Lynch has already said, we've already put some money aside. For, for Bosa and Debo, so they know that contract extensions yes, are a priority, which I'm really happy. Those two are, they are our future. Uh, most improved player, there are a lot of candidates for this one. Who you got? Yeah, you know, I, I've picked a guy all season that I was like, you know, th- this guy may be uh, someone to watch. Keep your eye out on this guy. And he's really blossomed into such an offensive beast in our wide receiver three. And if you haven't guessed it by now, it's Jawan Jennings. You know, coming into the season, the big battle on offense was for that wide receiver three. Who was going to get that spot? You know, I I thought it was going to be Jalen Hurd before the injury. Maybe Mohamed Sanu was going to step in there. Uh, There was a lot of different options. Travis Benjamin was looking decent on the team. But one guy that I continued to stick my neck out for was Jawan Jennings. Because I I, I knew this kid was going to be special and he was going to be out there and help this team. And and that's exactly what he did, especially in the second half of the season. Jawan Jennings really stepped up for this team and made big play after big play after big play, you know, securing five touchdowns on the season. A lot of them near the end, especially he had two big touchdowns in the week 18 win against the Rams. You know, you keep on going back to that game when we're talking about the big plays that our playmakers are making. It's the when in the big moments when the big plays matter the most. And that's when Jawan Jennings was making those plays. So it, our entire offense is now on the younger side. You got Debo, who's going to be in his fourth year in the NFL. Ayuk, who's going to be in his third year. And Jennings, who's also going to be in his third year in the NFL. So you got a young wide receiver core. And if you can continue to grow that wide receiver core together with Trey Lance, which I already know that Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk are working together all offseason. So I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see the future of this Niners team and this Niners wide receiver core. Yeah, you've been you've been on JJ all year long, um, boasting him up and down the stretch he was man, he was incredible. He was so good mm-hmm. down the stretch, and you saw that Jimmy and him had that chemistry late in the year. He was fantastic. For me, I mean, there were a lot of guys that balled out this year. A lot. Like there were a lot of guys that stepped up when they needed to that you wouldn't thought. I mean, I could throw DJ Jones is a great candidate um for this one. Um, Hafunga is not a bad one as well. Ambry Thomas, the way that he blossomed, but man, there's no way in hell I could name anybody for this award other than Aziz Alshire. No freaking way. This guy, how he stepped up when Dre Greenlaw went to Dre, Dre was out for majority of the regular season. Um, but my lord, Aziz was phenomenal. He was flying around the field every single time you saw the field. It wasn't Fred Warner, 
wasn't Greenlaw, wasn't Flanagan for it was Aziz Alshire with 16 tackles, with 15 tackles, interceptions. Aziz, I know we got banged up later in the year, but my lord, this guy was everywhere. And I hate to say it, I've been thinking about it all season long. I'm like, man, we got to enjoy what we have with these three guys together because Aziz and Dre are playing at such a high level. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep all three of these guys. Fred, we already know, is locked up. He's the heart and soul of this defense. But Dre and Aziz are different, man. Like, the, it's it's crazy that we have not one, but three incredibly talented linebackers. Like, every single one of them is capable. If one of them goes down, it's like, bet I got another one. You know what I'm saying? Like, our linebacker depth yes, is sir. so good because of those three. And we had that. In, I think it was the Seahawks game. It was Aziz, Flanagan Foles, and Marcel Harris. And they came up huge in that game. I know we gave up 30 points, but they came up with a massive stop at near the end of the game to give us a chance. Aziz was unbelievable this year. Same thing for him and Dre. Get rest this offseason. Get healthy because, my Lord, we need those three on the field. And I'm happy that we had all three during the playoffs. We had all three of them there, which I'm happy about. But Aziz... Man, kudos, man. You balled the hell out this year, and he was fantastic all year long. Um, Coach of the year. Yeah, for coach of the year, I got to go to the defensive end and got to go to the new guy, D'Amico Ryans, taking over for Robert Sala, who gets the head coaching job at in at for the New York Jets. You know, he didn't start off to the best start of his Niners career. You know, with the three and five start, the defense wasn't playing necessarily their best game. But he really made the in-season adjustments, uh, watching the tape, talking with the players, really helping them out. And our defense really improved in the second half of this season. And it was the big reason why we were able to make the playoffs and continue to have success in the playoffs. You look at the Packers game, we held Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon to 10 points. You can't do that without D'Amico Ryans and the leadership he's bringing uh, on the defensive side and, and you know what? Like, you look at the secondary. You've seen all season long we've talked about how the secondary is underperforming – or not underperforming, performing to their standards, which is poor because the secondary isn't as great as it is. And, you know, it doesn't have any household names or any big names to help it out. But with the help of D'Amico Ryans, we were able to keep that secondary together. We were able to make sure that the rest of the defense was doing such a good job that the secondary didn't need to be under so much pressure. And it really helped out. So I got to give a big shout out to him. I know he got a couple head coaching jobs, but finally decided to turn them all down, come back for another season as the Niners defensive coordinator. And we are very excited to see what he can do with another full year as the defensive coordinator for the Niners. Yeah, selfishly, I love that D'Amico Ryans is coming back um, another year because this defense was lights out from week 10 onwards. And D'Amico Ryans, in the postseason especially, was so, so good. And I completely forgot to bring this up earlier when we're talking about the Rams game. But, you know, we saw in Dallas how we held CeeDee Lamb to one catch or two catches, but he was limited pretty much the whole game. Vontae Adams destroyed us in the first quarter of that Packers game, and all of a sudden we double-teamed him, and you didn't hear the end of it. The Rams game was incredibly hard because, yeah, sure, you can double Cooper Cup, but then, like you mentioned at the top, Odell Beckham is now going off, and he's having trouble. So now you're like, shoot, we can't double-team any of these guys. We got to just do what we can. And our secondary is already a weak point, and you got Cup on one hand, and you got OBJ on the other. That's going to be kind of hard to try and take care of them both. And our secondary got exposed um, in that, which is unfortunate. But the fact that with with not the greatest secondary to get to a conference championship game, and again, like I mentioned, only lose by three points, D'Amico Ryans was incredible. Kyle Shanahan believed in him all year long, and he stepped up each and every time. Credit to D'Amico Ryans. I'm actually going to give my award to the head of this whole thing, and that's Shanny, Kyle Shanahan. And I've given this to him because of the fact that by week nine, we were all calling for his name. We're like, Shanahan is done. He is fired. You know, we're three and five. What the hell's going on? I screenshotted actually in an earlier headline from after that Cardinals game saying Shanahan's 49ers are broken. And I screenshotted that now because I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. I'm like, I look at that now and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what happened that season. Well, the Niners went to the NFC Championship game that year, actually. I found that hilarious because... 
that game was so bad, but yet Kyle Shanahan managed to stay the course. He even admitted yesterday saying that he was thinking about, is it time to, to start Trey Lance and start the new era now? And yet they stayed the course. They kept it going. And the way that this team is with each other, that's a testament to Kyle Shanahan because this team is so tight knit. They believe in one another. They love each other. They play hard for one another. That's a testament to Kyle Shanahan because he is the head coach of this entire this entire thing going on. Shanahan did an unbelievable job this season because we were very close to who knows where the direction we could blow it all up. Who the hell knows? We were three and five, and we we're thinking of all different possibilities. Kyle Shanahan kept us together, and I could not be happier to have him as our head coach, knowing that with a healthy squad, we can get through anything. And that's the matter of fact, because last year we didn't have our guys. This year we did have our guys and we were struggling, but we overcame it. Kyle Shanahan's not just a play caller, an incredible play caller that is. He's also an incredible leader and I'm thankful he's our head coach. And Mike McDaniel also incredible job in his first year as offensive coordinator. I also selfishly hope he stays, but if he does get hired by Miami... Dolphins, y'all getting a good one. Um, for time's sake, Chevy, let's go offense and defense rookie of the year. Who you got? Yeah, my offensive rookie of the year is none other than Elijah Mitchell. You know, he has obviously been the best rookie offensively. He had 900 yards as a running back, as a rookie in the system. Are you kidding me? He's going to be our offensive running back for a while. And on the defensive end, I'm going to go with Ambry Thomas. You know, coming into the year, I didn't even know if Ambry Thomas was going to play a snap for this team because he seemed more like a project. And as the year went on, the project got better. And it wasn't until they had no other cornerbacks left that Ambry Thomas actually got action in the game. And the more game action they got, the better he got. He got. And throughout the season, he really improved to someone that I could potentially see starting for us next year or, uh, you know, coming in and subbing in. And I wouldn't be mad to see Ambry Thomas out there. How about you? I'm saying Elijah Mitchell for Offensive Rookie in the Year. You know me. I've been praising him all year long. I was so unbelievably impressed with what Elijah Mitchell did this season. I mean, I've went as far to praise him as to compare him to Frank Gore. He was that good. And the Rams shut him down on Sunday, which is unfortunate. But week 18, he was a monster. Elijah Mitchell, if this guy can stay healthy, because he wasn't most healthy at times, he's going to be a problem. And I don't. I know every year we've had a different running back, but I really hope Elijah Mitchell is our guy for the next several years because he is a problem. He will run like... Elijah Mitchell fits the style that our offense is. Debo will knock your teeth right out. Elijah Mitchell, he will do the exact same. George Kittle, exact same thing. Trent Williams, exact same thing. That's the way our team is revolved around, is punching our opponent in the mouth. And Elijah Mitchell fits that play style to perfection. Could not be happier with him. And unfortunately, you know what that means? We're probably going to be moving on from Raheem Mostert because that guy just can't stay. I love, love, love Raheem as a person. I can see it coming. I don't think it work out. It doesn't make sense, but we'll talk about that when free agency comes. But with the way Elijah Mitchell played this year, mm-mm-mm. for defense, I'm going to go with my guy who I've been rooting for all year. I love the Ambry Thomas per day. I thought Ambry was phenomenal. Um, to have him come in at a really tough time for us and step up the way that he did, get us into the playoffs. Ambry Thomas was unbelievable. I'm going to go with Talanoa Hufunga. I know he didn't start as many games as Ambry Thomas did, but when he did, Huff also, this is why John Lynch drafted him, fits our style of play. Talanoa Hufunga is a guy who's going to bring the energy. He's a hard hitter. And who else comes up with the game-winning touchdown against the Packers? Not Debo, not Fred Warner, not Jimmy Ward, not George Kittle. Talanoa Hufunga comes up with the game-winning touchdown against the Green Bay Packers. I loved that. I love it that it was him out of all people to get it. Special teams, he was making plays. Defense, he was making plays. I know D'Amico Ryan's even had him on some safety blitzes. I saw they're bringing him in. Huff's got a bright future. Same thing with him. A little bit concerns for injury, but Hafunga's got a really bright future there as well. And then to wrap it up, Chevy, who you got for your second half MVP and your offseason um, off move of the offseason for the Niners? Yeah, my best transaction offseason move for the Niners has to be Arden Key. You know, Bring, coming into the offseason, we had Nick Bosa on one side. You know, you had uh, Eric Armstead potentially on the other side. 
But the best thing about our defensive line is the rotation of the defensive line and getting healthy bodies in there and guys who are, you know, rested. They're they're ready to go. And that's exactly what we did. And that's exactly what Arden Key provided to the team. When uh, Eric Armstead had to slide in for defensive tackle, it really opened up uh, the opportunities for Arden Key and Charles O'Menohue and all of our other defensive ends. And Arden Key really took advantage of it, having his best season as a Niner, he, you know, had six and a half sacks for the team, 21 total tackles. And coming off, a, you know, a Raiders career where it was kind of underwhelming and there was so much hype uh, for Arden Key, I'm very glad that he found his place in San Francisco and he looked really good next to Nick Bosa all season long. Now, talking about the second half MVP, it's got to be none other than the defensive tackle, uh, defensive end switch to defensive tackle, Eric Armstead. Uh, once they moved Armstead inside, Armstead was a force to be wrecking with. He was doing. He was looking like 2019 Armstead when he, in fact, was inside with the Forrest Buckner in that potent defensive line. And yeah, so ever since he moved inside at the second half, he really stood out to me uh, as a player to watch out and a player who really put the team on his back. And especially in the playoffs against the Cowboys, he had a sack, and against the Packers, he had two sacks. So he really helped anchor this team late in the season. How about you? I'm going to go with uh, second half MVP. I'm going to go Brandon Ayuk. You know, Ayuk was dealing with a lot of stuff in Shanahan's doghouse, quote-unquote, in the beginning of the year. Um, had a hard time getting it on, but I think it was week eight against the Bears is when he really kind of turned it on, and B.A. was huge. In the playoffs, B.A. made some massive catches, and even in the NFC Championship game, he was great, made a few catches in that game as well. Um, but B.A. adds such a different element to this offense when you got Debo going and now you got J.J. going and Kittle. Brandon Ayuk is a lot better than people th- people think. People knew he popped off last year, but B.A. had a really, really great second half and made this offense a lot more versatile. And my best offseason transaction, the Niners have struggled at the center position since Kyle Shanahan took over in 2017. We had Kilgore, we had Richburg, we had Garland. We had a different center almost every time. Alex Mack, to me, was hands down the biggest acquisition we made this offseason. Alex Mack, you know, the center is what makes, you know, it's what makes the offense go if you have a good center. Obviously, Alex Mack has worked with Kyle Shannon before and had his best season um, in his career. Atlanta went all the way to the Super Bowl. Alex Mack is near the end of his career. He's been talking about retirement for the past few seasons, but decided to come to San Francisco. He knew we had a shot at going to the Super Bowl. Alex Mack played all 17 games this year and was fantastic. Our offensive line played superb this year. Brunskill played at a high level. Tom Compton, who I've been roasting all year, played at a, at a high level down the stretch for Mike McGlinchey. Alex Mack made this go. He helped out Jimmy Garoppolo in a lot of different ways. Alex Mack to me was a huge thing, and I hope he comes back next year. Um, I think he will. I think he enjoyed the season a lot, knowing we might have another another shot at it. But Alex Mack, I can't thank that guy enough, and I'm happy. Similar to how I feel about getting Trent Williams into the playoffs, I could not be more happier that we got the best out of a guy like Alex Mack, who's one of the best centers to play this position in all of football. To 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 make sure that we got him to a deep playoff run this late in his career. Could not be more happy for him. And then last but not least, before we wrap this thing up, we cannot finish off this episode without talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. So it does look like he's done. That 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 press conference, I mean, that I'm not going to lie, I was a little emotional. That was quite sad to see him give his farewells. Um, but I, I, I got I to gotta just take this minute here, Chevy. I can't... I, for sure. The way that Jimmy Garoppolo has been treated by our fan base... It's honestly disheartening. And I feel and I feel hurt for Jimmy that it took a farewell speech yesterday to have everyone on Twitter goes, He's such a good guy. You will miss him. And oh, you know, he's such a class act. Two days before that, you were like, get this guy out of here. He doesn't know what he's doing. We lost because of Jimmy. We would have won if we had Trey Lance. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I can't speak for anybody else. I know you feel the same way that I do, but I don't think I can speak to anyone else's opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the only thing that I got to divide, that this fan base has a divide on, on is Jimmy Garoppolo. Everything else, we can come together on anything. 
But when it, for some reason, when it came to Jimmy Garoppolo, there was always a difference in opinion, which made absolutely no sense for a guy that won 30-plus games when he was healthy. You know how many, how, how many games the Niners won in the years where Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't our quarterback, dating back to under Harbaugh in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 20? The Niners won 15 games. 15 Yikes. games in four years. And Jimmy Garoppolo won twice as much in two seasons. And the way that Jimmy Garoppolo gets thrown under the bus by people is honestly awful. And guess what? Now he's gone. So you can't appreciate him anymore. Now Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. I'm not going to lie. I was more hurt than anything knowing that, damn, I really wanted this to be it for Jimmy. I wanted us to win the Lombardi for Jimmy in his last run because he gave it all to this franchise. Like you mentioned a few minutes ago, how he went out there, battled with a thumb and a shoulder injury that you can tell hurt a lot. But when you're watching at home and I'm watching on TV, I'm like, it doesn't look like it's hurting that bad. The fact that it does hurt that bad, but it doesn't look like it's hurting that bad, just shows how much of a baller Jimmy Garoppolo is. And honestly, like I said, I can't speak to anyone else but me. I will always respect the hell out of Jimmy Garoppolo. I will appreciate him for everything he did because through the Chip Kelly era, the Tom Sula era, even Harbaugh's last year, the two seasons that Kyle Shanahan had without Jimmy Garoppolo were miserable. They were awful. We couldn't win more than four games a season. We weren't competitive. Mullins was throwing picks. Bathard was, we had like five different, going Gabbert, Hoyer, this awful, awful quarterback play. I don't care if Jimmy Garoppolo makes one dumbass throw a game. Jimmy Garoppolo got us to two NFC Championship games the two times he was healthy. And the only reason why Jimmy Garoppolo is out is not because of his limitations. We all know about his limitations. We know that. The only reason why Jimmy Garoppolo is on his way out is because Jimmy Garoppolo's been here for four years. And for two of those, he took us to the NFC Championship and a Super Bowl. But the other two? Speaks for itself. We didn't win games because Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL and had a high ankle sprain that kept him out for 80%. 2018, like 95% of that season. That's why Jimmy Garoppolo's out. I know Kyle Shanahan loves him. I know John Lynch loves him because you could hear it in their voice. They did it because they're like, our championship window is open now. We have all of this star power on our team on both sides of the ball. We can't have any more seasons like this. And can you blame Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? Absolutely not. I will forever, I don't care where Jimmy Garoppolo goes, man. I will be supporting him no matter where he goes. I hope he's healthy and he leads his team because he took a 49ers franchise that was dead in the water back to a Super Bowl contender. And he played a big part. You know why I say that? Because when he came in in 2017, the Niners were 1-10. and 1-10. and 10. Jimmy Garoppolo came in and turned us into a wild card contender overnight. I remember Joe Staley, near the end of that season, he went on to say, saying, damn, imagine we just won a few of those games early in the year. If we went in the, if we got into the playoffs, we would have been scary. And Jimmy Garoppolo started five games that year. But I, I'm, I'm done my rant to Chevy. I'll leave you're, the last few minutes. You're right, man. You know, I, I talked about Jimmy G at the beginning of the show, so I don't want to mention too much. But you bring up all the necessary points. Jimmy G is a winner. I've talked about Jimmy G countless number of times throughout the show i almost every show i've mentioned something about jimmy g because he's that important to this team you know i i think a lot of the fan base won't realize how important jimmy g was until jimmy g's gone how many quarterbacks have led their team to the nfc championship two of the last three years how many uh one two i, th- I think at least two uh i don't know or three maybe other maybe than rogers Brady, Mahomes, the Mahomes, not even Brady. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. You're right. Those four, those four, those four, two out of three years. That is elite company to be in. And all three of those guys, Brady Hall of Famer, Rogers Hall of Famer, Famer, Mahomes, Mahomes probably on on the trajectory to be a Hall of Famer. He's on pace to be a Hall of Famer. Jimmy, exactly. He's not like those, but what does he do? He wins. So I will forever have the utmost respect for Jimmy G, his role with the Niners uh, for the last couple of years, the way he handled himself with the Trey Lance situation. Unbelievable. Because he could have been he could have been a diva and ran out and been like, this is my team. I, I don't want this new guy. Trade me away. But he took the he took the responsibility to teach Trey Lance and take this team on his back. 
So I have the utmost respect for Jimmy. I wish him the best wherever he lands. And I, I just, I, I can't say anything other than great things about Jimmy Garoppolo and his time with the Niners. No question. And it goes to show Jimmy and Trey, I thought both handled the season very, very well. Right, Trey was picked third overall. He could have easily been like, I want to be the starter. I want to do that. No, Trey was like, I want to learn. I want Jimmy to mentor me. I want to use the season to learn. I don't want to start. Yet, I'm happy that I said this at the beginning of the year. I said, I would love for Trey Lance to get at least one or two starts this season. It's exactly what happened. Trey Lance now has been able to get in there, get some reps, right? Get And to, to win a game. And the loss that we had, it's not like it was a blowout. We lost 17-10 in a divisional game on the road. Jimmy Garoppolo did what he needed to do leading us to the NFC Championship game. Trey Lance did a wonderful job. And both of them, um, I, I'm going to be honest, I, I know Jimmy. He didn't love it. He did what he needed to do. And I know that. But that's what makes me respect him even more. And when we compare him to Tom Brady, look, yes, Jimmy is not necessarily Tom Brady, the football player on the field. But you can tell from the person and the leader Jimmy Garoppolo is, I think he picked up a thing or two from being behind 12 all those years in New England for the way that he conducted himself. But again, I will save my proper farewells for when the trade is set in stone. Um, One last thing here, Chevy. Is there a team that you would want Jimmy to go to? Uh, I think the Steelers would be the best fit. Uh, Another team that I thought of recently is Tampa Bay. You know, you just lose Tom Brady. You have a half-decent enough roster. If you want to compete again in a maybe potentially weaker NFC, Jimmy G may be your guy. But other than those, you know, the Saints are the obvious ones. But as long as Jimmy ends up on a good team, I'm happy because I know he will win. No doubt. I'm I'm really pushing for him to go to Pittsburgh as well. Um, I think just the way the Steelers conduct themselves as an organization, Mike Tomlin never having a losing season and knowing that Jimmy just wins football games and, and Jimmy from Big Ben, there's not much of a drop-off there. Just Jimmy's a much younger, better version of yep. than Big Ben. And they got I, I think all those things, it's a perfect fit. I think Washington's not a bad fit either. I do not want to see Jimmy in one of those ugly ass commander uniforms. <laughs> um, but overall it's a team, it's a team that I think he will he will fit well there. Um, and I love Ron Rivera as well. But Pittsburgh, I would love to see him there. Um, this one was a little longer than usual, faithful, but it's our last one for a little bit take a few weeks off and we'll be back later in the month especially in march free agency so we'll definitely be back then faithful's been real it's been a hell of a season and we got a lot of off-season talk so we will see you in the coming weeks that is a wrap for this episode of the 49 away pocket and that is a wrap for the 2021 49ers season it was a hell of a ride much better than last year but don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on instagram and twitter for more niners news and analysis and we will see you in a few weeks We'll start talking off-season from there. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep it locked. Stay tuned. we got a lot more Niners content coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.